From the journeys of belonging to blackness, blackness. I'm India Lorik Wilmot. Nobody else can do this job. You're listening to the podcast, Talking Journeys of Belonging to Blackness. What's good, my people? We are going to do a little something different for this episode. Today, you are in for a treat. It's a special topic episode, and today we're talking about trust the process. What does it mean, and how can we actually go about it? So without further ado, let's get it. Right about now. Act 1. Call to Adventure. This is a breakdown. So you may be wondering, what is up with the special topic, Trust the Process? And I am inspired by three things this month. First, the spirit of the month of May embodies several value principles, growth, acceptance, and trust. There are well-known holidays such as Mother's Day and Haitian Heritage Month and Haitian Flag Day that occurs during May, but the month is also filled with other commemorative holidays too, from Global Love Day and Mental Health Awareness Month to National Masturbation Month, Trust Your Intuition Day, and National Walking Month. Second, May is also a time, especially amongst those in the fields of education who are nearing the end of the academic year, this is a time for purging and cleansing. So it's not only educators who are looking forward to purging things like excess papers. I think most people are also purging their closets, engaging in spring cleaning in all of their indoor and outdoor spaces. And they're doing everything in preparation for the transition to next season, which is summer. And for those who know me very well, summer is a time for fun, frolic, relaxation, and of course, when I get to celebrate my birthday. And I tend to celebrate for a whole month. Third, this month, May, we also experienced a lunar eclipse. Now, lunar eclipses occur when the Earth aligns between the sun and the moon, and the Earth's shadow casts a shadow across the lunar surface. And so in astrology, for those who follow, this type of alignment is known for bringing through major life changes. Eclipses are notorious for shaking things up drastically in our lives for both better or for worse. Now, there's some people who claim to experience some type of emotional turmoil and or personal upheaval. These vibes can make you feel more rushed, stressed, and sensitive than you usually feel. It'll be important to find ways to stay grounded and connected to your body, your mind, and spirit, and of course, to trust the process. So these are the three things that inspire me for this month's special topic of trust the process. But really, essentially, well, what does it mean to trust trust the process. I think we have all experienced this. Let's say we've started a new project or endeavor. We are filled with enthusiasm or new energy for the endeavor. And even if such an endeavor is, say, like a means to an end where if you do this project or you're in this new job, then it gets you closer to achieving your goal. But in a matter of time, this saying energy and enthusiasm subsides, perhaps a little or maybe a lot. And maybe this shift is brought about when you've yet to experience the results that you're expecting and or at the rate that you were expecting it. Or maybe you're just getting lost in the day-to-day drudgery. 
And for me, when I think about whenever you embark upon a new project or endeavor and that things start to kind of slow down and the enthusiasm subsides, it's natural, right? Because people do get bored, impatient, and sometimes become filled with doubt and insecurity. We may even engage in negative self-talk and say things like, wow, things are looking kind of bad or not so great. And that happens because things aren't exactly where we imagine them being. I've experienced some of this when I think about my early efforts of growing a new business, like almost 19 years ago when I first established my research consulting practice. I was excited to start this new venture and was making significant financial strides and I was building my practice with new clients. And then bam, the Great Recession of 2007 hit. And this lasted about, I don't know, I think from 2009 to 2010. And it slowed down my progress too. It's not just that particular setback for forming a new business, but I've also experienced setbacks when it comes to, say, my own weight loss efforts, particularly around building a sustainable fitness and healthy weight loss practice, right? So we've all been there. But for me in particular, I was working hard to establish what my goals should be. I was developing an exercise plan. Maybe that might include new equipment or sneakers or really any sort of new clothing because I essentially believe you should always look fashionable in any endeavor that you're about to embark upon. I was also getting into juicing and this whole fad around, well, it's about lifestyle, so I have to eat healthy as well. I was initially incentivized to lose the weight. And then over time, I was like, okay, I think I could do this whole experiencing some healthy weight loss. And I was encouraged. And then bam, I hit a wall and the pace of the weight loss began to plateau. In fact, I even thought there were some instances when I weighed myself that I'm like, well, did I gain weight? But of course, I always convince myself, it's muscle. I've gained muscle. Or I must be retaining water. But those are just a few examples. And I, of course, have many more. But the point that I'm making is that for each of these endeavors or tasks, like the ones that I mentioned, as my experience, they demand more than just doing the doing. They require patience, persistence, and consistency of action day in and day out. And they demand both action and also some faith that the results will come in time. And so that's why when we hear the statement of trusting the process, that's why trusting the process is really important. Even when things are not working out in the way you initially planned them, you got to stay steadfast on the goals you set. Have a flexible plan in place and know that your current path isn't the final destination. So for me, when I think about trusting the process and I just described, well, you know, what does it mean to trust the process, especially in those periods when you start a new project or endeavor? What does that really mean? Well, trusting the process also encourages patience in the face of processes that take time to deliver results and benefits. And so I've come to discover, and so I'm going to share with you all today, that for me, it means letting go and having faith that things will eventually work out in its own time. And when you trust the process at the right time, you'll get to where you intend to go without rushing or pressuring yourself. And this is really important. I also believe in the importance of paying attention, asking questions, and learning various methods of doing things that help me achieve my goals over the long haul of the process. 
And so what I mean by that is employing tactics that others have used to deliver the results they achieved. So no matter how innovative we think that our new project or new endeavor may be, there are lessons other folks have learned along the way that we can also learn from too. Because for me, I'm thinking, well, why reinvent the wheel? If people have already gone through something quite similar, even though what I'm thinking is like brilliant and it's new, there are certain lessons that I can glean from. So for example, take this podcast. I know that I am not the first and only person to have a podcast, nor will I be the last. In fact, there are over 2 million podcasts that exist worldwide. Imagine that. And just as a sidebar, I appreciate everyone who chooses to listen to this podcast because obviously with 2 million podcasts out in the world, you have a lot of options, right? I mean, it's to the effect that everybody and their grandma got one. But what I do know and what the stats do tell us is that out of the 2 million podcasts that exist worldwide, over 75% of all of these podcasts don't even make it past their first year. But this podcast that you're listening to, Talking Journeys of Belonging to Blackness, I started in 2019. And guess what? It's nearing the end of its third season, right? So that's it's really important to say that I'm in that 25%. This program is in that 25% that make it past the first year. And I have learned so much in the process. I've had to learn new technical skills related to recording and sound production. And I'm a professor, I'm a researcher, and this is not my initial lane, but I had to learn new skills in order to have lasted this long. And if you've been following this program, you can see and hear the evolution. I will admit that at times it was frustrating and that there were moments where I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And I also didn't realize truthfully, how much time, energy, and planning hosting and producing your own podcast could take. Because contrary to some of the ones that say that are hosted by people like Oprah or Michelle Obama, there's a whole team of people who are doing a lot of the production. And in this case, it's not. For me in this podcast, I am the host and producer. I have support from friends of mine and those who have expertise that have taught me along the way, but I'm doing this primarily on my own. And so it's a very different space when you're having to learn these new technical skills. But I had to trust the process. And I've had to ask others who've done podcasts and who are in the space of sound production, ask folks who have been both successful and have not so much been successful in their experience around podcasting, what they did that worked and things that they didn't. Even though our topics and our the impetus for our shows were very different and, you know, I feel like what I'm doing is innovative and what they've done previously was innovative for them, I realized that these folks don't know everything about everything, but I can definitely take their lessons and learn from their experiences and then continue along my own way, my own process, and my own journey. Another important factor to trusting the process is time. Time is an essential ingredient, I believe, to the manifestation of most things that are of significance. And that includes making the time to do the things we don't do or that we really don't want to do. And whether it's that we procrastinate or that we discover hacks or even come up with shortcuts to exploit, we inadvertently or deliberately make not so great decisions that we say later on, man, I wish I didn't do that. Or man, this didn't serve me well at all. And so just as we may trust the process 
to deliver returns on some of our positive choices or actions, so too the not so great effects are guaranteed to emerge when we do cut corners. So as with any journey, the process waxes and wanes. And it's not different in the way we see various processes in nature, like say plant life, right? So when we look at plants and we look at nature, there's growth and green foliage, but there's also the process of atrophy and decay. And so for me, when I think about trusting the process, I think that we also can apply these same principles that we see in nature to any human behavior and and, and any human endeavor. And yet for both the process itself, it can be slow, but should not be underestimated. Just in the same way as growth is part of the the process and atrophy and decay is, it's all part of the lessons that we learn. Let me think. For instance, I mentioned a few moments ago setbacks that I've experienced when it comes to my own sustainable fitness and health, healthy weight loss practice. And I know I'm not alone, so I know you all can and will identify. It's true that a healthy eating and exercise regimen may survive the occasional lapse of willpower. And so for me, I got a little weakness for eating truffle and Parmesan French fries. And then, okay, fine, because of my schedule or what have you, or something happens that I might miss a workout or two. But then what happens when a few minor slip-ups quickly turn to abandonment, like complete abandonment, that you went from like, oh, I missed, I missed my Thursday routine to I missed Tuesday and Thursday to I missed Monday through Friday and Saturday. And then for me too, like, oh, wow, there's no more juicing fresh fruits and veggies, right? But then all of a sudden I'm drinking more wine and vanilla milkshakes and that's becoming more and more more and more frequent and that the exercise sessions become half-hearted or just plain out inconsistent. In acknowledging the atrophy and the decay of the process, like that's what happens too, that we're so gung-ho in the beginning and then things start to dissipate. But I got to trust that that decay, that atrophy, the inconsistency and the abandonment, it's part of the it's part of the process of the healthy eating and exercise. Because what I am gleaning from that process is that I'm actually learning that wow, you know, something isn't working. Like something then what I'm doing in terms of my planning or how am I going about juicing or my schedule isn't working and that perhaps the approach needs to be amended and that perhaps I must also be a lot more flexible if my goals are being met. Because obviously if I'm drinking more wine and and drinking more vanilla milkshakes and eating truffle and Parmesan French fries, maybe what I set out for myself is a little bit too rigid and that I need to be flexible if ultimately I have goals to meet. So it's the same sort of thinking. But what I like to think about is that trusting the process is a reminder that this convention usually applies. And it is what we put in is what we get back in return. And if we fight to trust the process by lowering our standards or abandoning the proven path by making poorly informed choices, then we must still expect the process to deliver those outcomes too. Be what you want to see. Act two, the road. As a listener to this podcast, have you considered why my show is formatted in the way that it is? Meaning that I have three acts and it's called journeys, right? Journeys of belonging to blackness, talking journeys of belonging to blackness, where I have act one called adventure, act two, the road, 
Act 3, Where We Land, because these are all bifurcated or separated out based on different aspects of a person's journey. And so taking the same way in which it's formatted, the podcast is designed to identify different aspects of a person's journey. And so when I have my guests on, what you're really gauging here is hearing about the processes that each of my guests have gone through to get them to where they are today. And so if you go back throughout all three seasons, you will learn about all of the ways that each of my guests, whether they are musicians or artists, practitioners, writers, and other kinds of creatives or entrepreneurs, you'll learn ways in which through their process, how they've had to lean into their own individual process, how they've had to lean into and trust it. And so that they could be in a place where they can share their experiences and lessons with us. So how do we get to a place where we can exercise faith and actually have the courage to lean into the process? In Act 1, Call to Adventure, I was talking about what does it mean to trust the process and why it's important. So now we have to be able to get to a place where can we actually do this thing? Well, in my opinion, in order to lean into the process, to be able to trust it, we have to let go of the need to control. And I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. We have to let go of the need to control. And take it from me, it's hard to truly let go of some of that control. And as a high achiever myself, control gives me structure. It gives me something tangible to hold on to or to even tether myself. And that's why I plan. I efficiently and effectively plan. I'm a researcher by profession and I think even in terms of how I approach life. So I do my research. And because I am diligent and thorough in doing my research, for me as an individual, I can trust the plan I've laid out for myself. But obviously life isn't like that because I don't live in a bubble. We can all agree that when you don't live in a bubble, there are environmental considerations to take into account. And these considerations inform outcomes that I may or may not have planned for or can control myself. Therefore, to control will only frustrate me and get me anxious. And we all know that frustration and anxiety, even if they're self-imposed, is just not even a great thing for your own mental health. So letting go some of that control of things that I cannot change or predetermine allows me to be calmer and clearer minded to where I can think about alternatives to the journeys that I'm taking. But don't get me wrong, I still experience stress, I'm human. Stress and worry can settle in when you feel like the process isn't going as you had planned. And speaking for myself, but I'm sure other people will identify too, fear is the emotion that motivates the need for control. And for some folks, it might be a fear of failure. For others, it might be a fear of success. But the pivot in your mindset really is to value yourself and remember that you are worthy to travel on this journey. So trusting the process means to be open to learning new things about yourself and the process too. Yes, there are sacrifices we all make for the sake of achieving our goals, but you know what? We gain so much more when we're in the process and we trust it. On the road of one's journey, you may go through battles, but you are building the skills of resilience to push through, to learn and grow, hopefully in a positive direction. Change is necessary in any journey. And I think in many ways that if we think of change as a gift, no matter how difficult, 
It makes us stronger. It makes us better. It makes us smarter than before the experience. So that's why sometimes when I think about when we make some of these not so great choices or decisions along the way, whether it's because we procrastinated or that took a shortcut or something, there are lessons to be learned in that so that you know, you know what, it didn't work for me in this round, but now I know better and I know how to approach it differently because you learned a particular skill from responding to that not so great decision. So that's why as an aside, I don't really call it a failure. It's just a misstep, but I can get into that in a few. I also think that a reminder for me personally is to understand that I was born for a particular reason, for a purpose, right? And so we all are. And so part of the process and trusting in it is that I know that I will fulfill this purpose. And whether you know clearly what the purpose is, for myself personally, I tend to think of the ways I interact with others, whether briefly or over a long period of time. And I endeavor that most of my interactions with other people are positive, right? Whether it's the greeter at Walmart, it's a colleague, a stranger on the street, or a member of my family. I pay it forward with kindness, a good word or affirmation, advice, mentorship, sponsorship, because you never know if that kind word might inspire an act upon another act, upon another act by someone else that makes a difference in another person's life or in their community. When I think about my research projects or even this podcast, I endeavor to highlight and celebrate the positive experiences of African descendants by sharing the inspirational stories of real life and everyday people. And the universe confirms it to me that I'm on the right track and that these are stories that people want to hear and that they feel empowered by them. And I get proof of that when I get emails or DMs from my listeners. Thank you, listeners who are located across 33 plus countries worldwide, who are informing me and letting me know and affirming that for this particular purpose, I'm making a difference. And I feel like, okay, well, I have to trust this process, even if I think that it's hard and I have to learn new skills and all these other things that I'm fulfilling and I'm, I'm contributing in some way that's making someone's life somewhere along the line better and that I'm inspiring or that the stories that I'm sharing on this platform is inspiring to them. I kind of think about trusting the process and going through these different battles and challenges and overcoming them in ways that it makes me smarter, stronger, and better to do the thing that I think might be helpful to other people. But for me, that's personal and that's my approach. But I presume similarly for many of you, it's the same. I would say that over time, I've realized that trusting the process isn't always about doing the hard work. I think that even in the process that we can play too. And so it's always important to tap into and engage that same energy and enthusiasm that we had at the beginning of the project or new endeavor to be able to evoke that about the process too, right? Because fundamentally it's like, well, why are you doing this anyway? What joy will all of these activities bring to you? So I think that these kinds of questions speak to our purpose, but I also know that you cannot trust something you don't like or that it doesn't fuel your passion and make you happy. So it's always important to be able to look to those same emotions that goaded you to pursue this new project or endeavor. And sometimes you have to remind yourself and make it fun. I am all about employing strategies. So allow me to share three statements that I've heard or I've even said myself and the pivots that I've used to shift mindsets 
in order to help me trust the process more. And perhaps you will find that these strategies are helpful to you too. So the first one is that I've heard people say things like, I feel like I haven't made any progress. And to me, I'm like, why don't we flip that and pivot and say instead, I am growing. So the strategy in this pivot from, I feel like I haven't made any progress to, I am growing, is that essentially we're expressing gratitude. And so I would say catalog what you already have done, even if you're not anywhere near where you want to be. Know that you will get there in time and what is meant for you will find its way into your life. So it's almost like, let's not be stuck in where we're at, but use where we're at as a motivation of where you want to go and say, you know what? I've learned, I've grown, I've had these particular wins. And that should incentivize you emotionally as well to say, I can still head that way too. I've heard people say, and I think I've even said this myself, I wish I was better. And I think a great pivot to say instead would be, you know what? I am being too hard on myself. We all make mistakes. We all realize that we really don't know everything and that we will have missteps. I think it's important to acknowledge that because for me, I don't really think about missteps as failures, but as learning opportunities to do things better and or to handle myself differently. Because for me, failing is when you don't learn from these missteps and you continue to repeat them. Insanity is when you're doing the same things over and over again, but you're expecting a different result. Well, because it's insane because you didn't learn anything. That's why you're doing the same thing over and over again. If you had a misstep or two and you realize, wow, this was a misstep for these reasons, here's how I can do better next time. And to me, that's a growth mindset. So instead of focusing so much on I wish I was better, then hey, you know what? As a strategy, let's not be too hard on ourselves. Let's exercise kindness and patience with ourselves. And what I observe too is that I find that people are generally kinder and more patient towards others than we are towards our own selves. And why is this? Well, is it because we live in a white supremacist, capitalist, heterosexist patriarchy, right? That values production and commodities over people? Repeat after me. You are more than enough. We got to let go of the control so we may have faith in the belief that things always work themselves out. And that's trust. And that's really believing that no matter where you're at in the process, instead of being so hard to say, I wish I was better, to say, I'm worthy, despite all these environmental factors that tell me otherwise. And I'm saying this specifically for people of color, African descendant people, where there are certain things that are structurally, legally, policy-wise that are in place that have been designed to systematically denigrate us and make us develop imposter syndrome and all these other psychoses. I'm here to tell you that you are more than enough and that you, you should exercise faith in the belief that things always work themselves out. Third, very much related on this point, but I've heard folks say, I'm not doing enough. And I would encourage you for a pivot and instead say, I should take a break. I deserve it. Right? So as a strategy, life is filled with enough stress and anxiety. When we are in the process, 
We grind it out. I've been there. I've done it. You're hyper-focused. But what happens in our focusing and being on our grind is that we also put pressure on ourselves. And many of us worry and worry a lot. And it's not healthy and not helpful. And I think it's because we live in an environment and a circumstance where we want to see the results now or even sooner than later. But really, when I hear about these frames around, I'm not doing enough, it's because there's some guilt that we're attributing to the process. We're connecting guilt to, oh, I'm not doing enough because I slacked off here or maybe I feel like I'm not as productive. We got to release that guilt. We got to stop adopting and truly insinuating this notion that we're being lazy because that's what that really is about. Saying I'm not doing enough means that I'm lacking and that I'm not working hard enough and that I must be lazy as the antithesis to not working enough and not doing enough. We got to stop repeating the language of, of the oppressor. It's exhausting mentally, physically, and spiritually. We have to have discipline, but a part of that discipline is rest and self-care. I mean, I could quote Audre Lorde all day long, but I would encourage folks to follow the nap ministry, to find other outlets, whether it's journaling, vision boards, something creative to get your mind and body moving in ways that are different in order for you to get to be more self-reflective about your own strengths and areas of improvement and what you need and what you want to help you along in the process. So this is not about, oh, I'm not doing enough. It means sometimes you just might need to take a break. You might need to be in a place to be more self-reflective to say, you know what, I'm losing some of that initial energy and enthusiasm. How can I go about sparking that joy or reminding myself really what is the means to an end in completing this project that will get me to this other goal? Again, we just need to keep the faith and exercise patience and persistence and consistency of action day in and out. And sometimes resting and engaging in self-care is ultimately a part of keeping the faith and exercising the same sort of patience, persistence, and consistency. And I like to add to say that I am blessed to be surrounded by my tribe of people who are encouragers. And to be clear, these are not yes people, but encouragers that truly support, mentor, and sponsor me throughout my own ongoing process. Letting me know that trusting the process means trusting myself. Act three, where we land. So folks, there you have it. My special episode, nice and sweet, but it's about trusting the process. And we actually have all of the tools that are within each of us to trust in the process. And so what I want to do is encourage us to go forth, try these different strategies, these different pivots. There's a multitude of different ways that we can go about helping us to release some of that control, helping us release some of that guilt, helping us to exercise patience and gratitude and faith that we are worthy and that we are empowered to go forth and trust this process because this process is part of our own individual journeys. It's part of our stories and we have such a beautiful story to tell. Now to wrap up this episode, I definitely want to give a plug for the next episode, which is episode 28, which will be the season three finale that is designed to commemorate Caribbean Heritage Month. Please listen out for it. It's with my guest, who's a singer, songwriter, cultural strategist, and curator, Miss Desiree Gordon. And be sure to check out the Instagram account for the podcast at journeys, B, the number two, B, 
so B2B, underscore podcast for all the updates. So until then, be well, my good people, and thanks for your support. There you have it. The journey isn't over, but this episode is. Until next time, peace.